Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. And welcome to Happy Single Mums. I'm your host, Khalifa. And my guest today is Brooke um, from Single Mums Empowerment. She is a lovely lady and she's using her life experience as a single mom to motivate and empower women by giving them step-by-step guides on breaking free from attachment to their exes and kind of refine and regain control of their lives as single mothers for them to find true happiness. Um, I always find it funny how like in 2020 we are so fixated on couples goals and everyone wants the Kim and the Kanye relationship or the Meghan and the Prince Harry and you kind of feel a bit inadequate when you actually don't have that kind of love life or you don't have that kind of picture perfect relationship and I think that many a times women stay in toxic relationships just because of that they want that picture perfect rhetoric <laughs> nevertheless I've seen the spike of divorces after my favorite youtubers are breaking up so it's kind of like I feel like women in my generation especially single moms that I know I felt for a while that we were just waiting around to be picked and to be chosen and I say it's kind of like the Rapunzel um syndrome where we're just sitting in a tower waiting for a man to pick us when in actual fact we can save ourselves we can get over our exes we can kind of move on and it, it, it steals our joy and it steals time and that's one thing we can't get back I find and when you're when I looked through your platform and I saw the things that you were doing I was like oh my god I wish my girlfriends knew more about just breaking away <laughs> and just detaching from the negative idea like if if, if if you are in a relationship good on you if you're not rescue yourself because Men, for example, they can sit around for 35 to 40 years and they can just say, do you know what? I don't want to be in a relationship. And then, okay, I want to be in a relationship. And then that's it. But we get such a hard flack if we are not in a relationship and if we don't have that picture perfect life. Tell me about your story. Okay. So uh, my story is, well, I got pregnant young, 20 years old. And so I uh, thought I would do the right thing and just get married and have this happy, beautiful family and have it all work out. Well, didn't work out. He he was an alcoholic drinking and it would just turned really uh, abusive mentally, emotionally. Um, And so I knew at 24 years old that this was just not my life. This wasn't what I wanted for myself, for my kids. And I knew I needed something different. So I finally got the courage to leave. And that made me a single mom of two. Um, Fairly quickly, I was 25, starting life over by myself and had no direction. I was completely lost. I was searching for external validation, like you were saying, like in a man trying to find someone to fill that void within me, to make me feel worthy, to make me feel good enough. Mm -hmm. So I was just dating and just kind of neglecting my needs and everything. And I did, I found somebody, which we'll go into a little bit later, but it was hard. And so going through this major rock bottom, it made me realize 
I was at such a low that it made me realize that I needed to change myself. So this last two and a half years, I have really stopped dating completely. I turned everything off. I focused on myself. I went inward and and found my heart, found my soul, found my purpose. And so now I'm coming to the world through Instagram and want to inspire other single moms to do the same thing. Because I know what it's like to be completely lost, heartbroken, feel betrayed, and not really know where to start, where to go, how to ask for help, because no one really understands what you're going through as a single mom. People can say, oh, I feel bad, how can I help you? But they don't really understand the struggles that you go through every single day, your parents, your friends. So I want to be that support system for women who who I wish I had at that time. Yeah, yeah. I often tell my single mummy friends, especially the ones I know that are in relationships that they don't want to be in, that a relationship is like a mirror. Like, you need to like what's looking back at you. And I think even if you're not a single mom, I see so many women that are in relationships and they're not happy with what's looking back at them. And I feel like it's just about knowing what your worth is. I think a lot of people don't know what their worth is and they put up with so much crap that it just... And people can chip away at you mm-hmm. for so long that you lose yourself. And for me, I've been single for two years now. And I know that when I get into a relationship, I kind of lose myself. And if I'm not with someone that empowers me, uh, I could lose myself in a toxic person, you know. So how, how do you empower women in regards to creating change, like in regards to... As a, as a single mom, if a single mom wants to pr- yeah, approach you. I love this question. So when you think of your childhood and your childhood wounds, I feel like that's kind of like the basis of where it all starts. We learn that we're not good enough. We're not pretty enough. We aren't smart enough. We aren't blank enough. You know, we're just not enough. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these beliefs come from our parents' fears. Our parents, when they're raising us and... Um, Yeah, so my vision for single moms is to heal this trauma from their childhood, which when they bring into their relationships, then brings into their next relationships. And it's a cycle. So if we don't, if we go back and break this cycle of the trauma of us not feeling good enough, then we won't pass that on to our children. So we don't come parenting our children with those same fears, those same insecurities, and pass them along to them. So it takes us to step up, take control of our life, and heal that within us. So then we can lead our children's life with empowerment and love. Exactly. And I I think for me, the biggest, one of my biggest fears is I, my mom was a single mom. And um, I, I, the reason why I stayed in a toxic relationship was because I categorically said I didn't want to be a single mom, you know, so I stayed in a bad relationship because of the things that I felt like nuclear families had, you know, and I think that it does really stem from childhood. Like if you do see two loving parents, if you do see parents that edify you, you won't really go outwards looking for edification from someone because as much as we as women as well, I feel like men can see like a run, like you could be a pack of 10 women, but they can see the vulnerable one. They can see the broken one. And that's the one that they would go for. Because as soon as he says, you know, just a little bit of validation, a little bit of, you know, pampering, and he's got her like that. And I oftentimes say to women that um, I had a debate with one of my girlfriends because she said, if as a single mom, if a man's going to take you out on a date, should he actually cover your child's nanny? 
you know and we had a big debate about it because I was like if he really cares about you he should offer like okay I, I know your mom I know you're a single mom can I can I pay for your childcare? because I really would like you to come out for an hour and some mums will say no categorically I will never ha- get a man to help me out that's me submitting you know and I just think a lot mm-hmm. of things just really, like you said, a lot of things really stem stem from our childhood and we really need healing. And I thank you so much for helping moms. And why do you think it is that a lot of women want love so much? Do you notice that, that we as women? Yes. Oh my goodness. So from the time I was little, like my first relationship at like 15 years old, I have always just changed myself for someone else. I've been needing the love, craving the love. And I feel like we do that because we don't have the love for ourselves. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I had this need to always feel desired, someone to affirm my beauty, to someone to affirm my worth, tell me everything that I couldn't tell myself because I didn't feel like I was good enough. So um, I feel like this idea consumes women more than men because we put our pressure, pressure on ourselves with yeah. social media, comparing ourselves to other women, comparing our looks, comparing our body, comparing our relationship to everyone else that we feel less than. So by getting a man to affirm us and tell us that we're not, that we are good enough and we are pretty enough, mm-hmm. that makes us feel good. But it all stems down to if you don't love yourself enough, then you'll be seeking that from somebody else. So how do you think that a woman can learn to love herself more? If that, if we haven't, like if a woman hasn't had the affirmation from her parents or, Mm -hmm. you know, she doesn't feel worthy because I have so many beautiful girlfriends and they would still tell me that, Oh, I don't feel beautiful. And I'm like looking and I'm like, are you crazy? Can you see what I'm seeing here? You are gorgeous. Mm -hmm. You know? So I don't know how to get to get through to certain people. So how do you speak to women that need that kind of encouragement? Right. Well, it all stems down to your, your self-talk. It starts with that. Yeah. It starts with your self-talk. What are you saying when you look in the mirror? What are you, are you looking at your imperfections? Are you looking at you not being good enough as a mom? Are you looking at your stretch marks from having a baby? What mm-hmm. are you looking at? And so I have this three-step process that I um, tell all my clients that when we have, when we're dealing with our self-talk, the first step is to acknowledge it and that it's not you. So throughout your day, when you think about it and you look, look past the mirror and you see, oh, my tummy is pooching. Okay, wait, I acknowledged it. I acknowledged my self-talk. What is it that I'm saying that I don't love myself about? Once you acknowledge it, stop right there. And then step two is to dismiss it. Okay, this isn't me. I'm going to let this go. And then step three, which is the most important, is to then choose love instead. So instead, you recognize that thought and say, you know what? I love my baby belly because it gave me the most precious thing that I could ever ask for. And I'm going to give it, show gratitude and love for that part of me. And so when we continuously stop, recognize what they're saying, dismiss it and choose love instead, then it slowly starts to go away and it doesn't seem as dramatic, as yeah. huge as it was in the beginning. But at, at first you will do it all the time. It'll be like a constant thing. You'll see how much you're really talking to yourself. And I yeah. asked myself, would I talk like that to my children? Exactly. Absolutely not. Yeah. I tell them how wonderful and how beautiful they are. And I affirm them and bring them up so much 
that why would I talk to myself that way? And I think that we as human beings, we speak so negatively to ourselves. It's, I don't, and I don't know why that is. I will encourage so many, even down to this podcast, like I will encourage everyone do this and do that. And when it comes to myself, I put myself at the bottom Mm -hmm. and we need to actually put ourselves at the top so we can actually be able to help others. But in regards to the self-talk, like I, look, I wholeheartedly agree with you because there was a a time whereby, and this is going to sound crazy, (laughs) but (laughs) I never used to be able to find my son's socks. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I felt like there was like a sock monster somewhere (laughs) that was just, I would wash, do the, do the, (laughs) do the laundry and I'll never find my son's socks. And I'll never forget there was a day that we were meant to be going to a party and I just put like, put one blue sock and one green sock on him. And I felt so bad when we got to the party and he said, oh no, no shoes allowed. I almost mm-hmm. died. I was like, oh my God, I'm a single Aww. mom. Everyone else here is married. I don't know what I'm going to do. They're going to judge me. Like, look at this, this young girl that just hasn't got it together. My son took off his shoes and he was walking around with these blue and green socks and I was just buried my head in the in my arm like oh my god and then I saw one of my other friends she's she's married she's been married for like five years her son came with like a hole in his sock and I saw another person with blue and red socks and I was just like oh my god all this time I was so afraid of what other people would think and thinking to myself that oh I'm as a single mother, I, I haven't got it figured out. When people that are married still don't have it figured out, they still can't find their kids' socks, you know? And self-talk right. is so, so important because if you don't love you, like, who's going to love you, you know? And as it a mother, we, as mothers, should I say, we really need to speak to ourselves. We need to be kinder to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know? So I wanted to, I think, I thank you both teaching women how to acknowledge the fact that are you hearing what you're saying to yourself? Yeah. And also to add on to what you said about the fear of judgment from others, like what you were saying with the socks, like you were so fearful that other people would judge you for being a single mom and not having it together. All right. None of us have it together. (laughs) We're figuring it out all together all the time. You know, we're, we're just living life and we're not perfect. And it's accepting that we're not perfect. We're human and that's part of the human experience is to just embrace who you are, what you are, and don't give a crap <laughs> about what anyone else thinks of you. Be exactly. you, do you, and that is the end end of the story. Exactly. Let go of what other people think of you and you'll be golden. Yeah, because the thing is, I think to myself, the things that I tell my son, like if he goes to a playground and a kid doesn't want to play with him, I'm like, just enjoy yourself. So why can't we speak to ourselves like that? Just, you know, the, the same talk that you would give to your child, give to yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, why do you think it is that women struggle so much um, in regards to, like, toxic relationships? Why, why, why do you think... Okay, so with the toxic relationship, I was in an ex- I was in two very long toxic relationships. One with my kid's dad, and then the one afterwards was actually even more toxic mm-hmm. than my marriage. And I feel like the reason we do that is because we feel like we deserve it. So deep down within us, we don't feel like we deserve to be treated wonderfully deep down we feel like okay this is what I can get they're gonna accept me because I have kids they don't see my flaws they see this okay I'll settle for this Mm. and then it turns 
toxic and you don't, and you don't get what you deserve. Um, also as a single mom, a big fear for many women that I've talked to is that they're scared that they'll be alone for the rest of their life. And so settling for something that isn't right for them is an easier option than to be by themselves and hope that Mr. Right just comes around the corner. So I feel like it all comes down to, again, your self-worth. Yeah. What do you feel you're worth? And what are you willing to, to put up with? To put up with. Yeah. Right. I, ha- I have this saying that you will put up with as much as you feel like you deserve. Mm. So once it crosses that line, then you, then you will break up or then you will do that. And in my last relationship, I was cheated on five times. Five and times. Five times. And I kept going back. I kept going back because my self-worth was so low was so low. And so I wanted to add to that. After I got divorced, I was in such a bad place, emotionally, mentally, physically, the lowest I've ever been. And instead of going back and taking some time for myself and healing my heart and healing these wounds, I felt like I needed somebody else. Hmm. So I then attracted someone who is vibrating at that same frequency that I vibrated, that I was at that low state. So I attracted someone who was even worse than my first partner because I was in such a bad mental state. So rather than fixing myself and making myself better and attracting a right person for me, I attracted someone who is a lower for me, who then treated me like shit and did all these things to me. But I felt like I have someone, I'm not alone. I'll just put up with it. And so you put up with these things that are completely unacceptable because you feel like that's what you, that's what you, you deserve. Get. So um, why do you think that women can't be alone then? Is it, why, why can't, why, why, why is there such a negative stigma about actually just being alone? Why do we really need another person? Because <laughs> it's scary. It is scary when you are with someone for so long and you build this life with someone and everything's taken away. We are scared to be by ourselves, to have to be independent, to play that mom role, to play that dad role. But I think it's scary for me. I think it's scarier to be with someone and then to feel alone. For me, I think that, and I think that that's the, as much as women say that they don't want to be alone, I think a lot of them actually are alone because the worst thing is for you to be in a crowded room and still feel alone or to be lying down next to someone and still feel empty Mm -hmm. so in actual fact the loneliness that we're running away from if you have someone that's a narcissist or have someone that's toxic you're kind of still there Mm -hmm. you know so mentally and emotionally you're still drained you're still alone you're you still feel empty yeah you're not getting that love that you want and oh so we as women have this idea in our mind of what we want our relationship to be. Yeah. We have this fairy tale image of the man he can become, mm-hmm. you know, the yes. relationship that we have. We have the first three months were so great. And now two years in the road and like, I still want that same man from the yeah. first three months. Yeah. And so we carry and we hold on to this idea mm-hmm. of how you felt then or how he could be, the person he could be, the relationship you could have. But when we step back and look at the real present moment of what is, we feel alone, we feel empty, we feel drained. 
So it's just removing yourself from this idea that you play in your head of what your relationship could be. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. I think that we, we oftentimes we have that rosy colored spectacles and we just refuse to take them off. And I also think that we as women, we're guilty of being natural project managers. So we Mm. see someone and we want to fix them. And many a times they end up fixing us. We are not God. We cannot fix another human being and change happens with the individual you know like when you see people go through AA it's like up until the time that they've acknowledged that do you know what I'm an alcoholic that's when they would actually change and make take steps to change but I don't know why we just see someone toxic we see and that's the question I was going to ask that why do we ignore the red flag so much like we see things just change like even when I was with my son's dad I knew when he started cheating on me I knew Mm -hmm. because I was like oh this is a this is a different move (laughs) like whoa okay where have you learned this what's going on here (laughs) what happened so I just I knew but then I ignored my female instinct Mm -hmm. if you get what I mean I just kept on ignoring it kept on ignoring it and it got to the point where but I'm a size six, yeah, in regards mm-hmm. to like clothes. I think it might be a size four in, in America. But okay. he's, I got to a point where he was saying to me, oh, you're wearing revealing clothing. And I actually used to buy dress sizes, two dress sizes up, so like a size 10, just mm-hmm. so I wouldn't reveal clothes to keep him happy. But I did that yeah. for a human being, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> But when you look back at it, you're like, what was I thinking? Like, I, I think, well, like, was the deed that good for me to act that crazy? But right. I feel like we get used, like like you said, we get used to someone and the self-talk and obviously the, the, the relationship that we've had with our, our parents as well in regards to getting, I think that we needed to be truly edified, you know, by maybe like our fathers and stuff and just know what your, your value is. I was going to say that I oftentimes tell my girlfriends that we need to look at animals, yeah? And I know it's going to sound crazy, but if you look at the way a female eagle courts a male eagle, like, she she would put him through a test before he can mate her. Like, she would get, like, a, a stick. She would ca- firstly carry, like, a heavy stick, and then she'll drop it, and then he needs to swoop and, and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Then he, she'll carry, like, another one two times her body weight, and then she'll drop it, and he needs to swoop and pick it up, and then three times her body weight, um, because it's the ethos is that if she was in a nest and she fell out, she needs the male eagle to be able to carry her. If her, her children, or not children, but, you know, the, the chicks, if they yeah. fell out, he needs to be able to swoop down to to carry them and catch them in time so if the stick fell on the floor that's not who she's going to Mm. yeah that's not who she's going to mate with yeah and I find that so amazing that an animal an animal has more of a tick and checklist Mm -hmm. than us human beings like how is that it blows my mind it does and that's just like their innate nature like that is just what they do and yet we're just like oh it's fine. We'll fix him to make him the way he wants. And we can do this. And I don't care about any of these red flags. <laughs> because, like ignore it. Whilst a, whilst a, 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 a bird is like, no, you drop, you drop this, you drop this log. <laughs> They're done. You don't even get a second chance. <laughs> but honestly, I just, uh, I, I think that there is hope. I think a lot of women are, are way, waking up in regards to what, what to do next. Um, and yeah. speaking to women, why do you think that, um, 
like women give more chances to men then like why do you think that we carry on giving another chance and another chance and another chance <laughs> the, I feel like it just goes back to that same we have this idea of what we want it to be mm. and so we're going to give them another because they you know men they put on their suave they come I'm so sorry they know exactly what to say they know how to touch you they know how to look at you just when you're weak and then and mm. then they get you back and then they'll just okay this weak little girl who doesn't have the self-worth and within herself and they just fall for it and they just go right back into it Mm-hmm. and boom happens again happens, happens, <laughs> happens again happens again over yeah. and over again yeah and I think for, for me having a son as well that's what those are the I, I really just want to teach him how to kind of treat a woman like just I feel like in, in this day and age especially 2020 like chivalry is really dead like men don't open doors anymore you know like I, I even when I would go on dates with certain guys, I I would look when they would drop me home to see whether they'll drive off before I entered my house. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, imagine if I'm opening my door, you drove off and someone grabs me. Like you did not care enough to make sure I got into my premises and you just you just drove off. Yeah. You know? So I, yeah. I honestly think that we as women, we just need to go back to the basics. Like the way our parents used to court, we kind of need right. to Go back how to it and respect stop. for ourselves enough to let other we show them really how to treat us. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. What are we gonna tell them? How do we deserve to be treated? You're the only person who sets those standards. Yeah. They're definitely. not gonna know. Yeah. You need to set that I think standard. I think in this in this day and age, it's just like a Uber Eats generation. It's just like swipe left, swipe <laughs> right. If I want a girl tonight, I can grab one. So the the value. You know, the value is it's so low that it's up to us, like you said, to actually place our value. Because a lot of times all these designer clothes that people purchase is because of the, the, the value that and the way it makes them feel. So if as women we place such a high standard and a high value for ourselves, a man can't just come and, and trample on us and tr- treat us like McDonald's when we're a steak. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I was gonna ask um, in regards to the your twelve steps. What, what what's that mm-hmm. about? Okay, so I had I am offering a twelve week program right now for all of my single mamas on Instagram, and um, it's a twelve week program that is designed to make you the best you possible. So the first phase of it is picking up the pieces. So a lot of people forget about this part of their healing journey. So we go backwards, completely backwards to our childhood, to our past relationships, to our relationship with our ex. And we take apart all the pieces. We see what your subconscious beliefs are. How did they create? How can we change them so that when you bring those into your new, into your new second chance at life, um, you're reprogrammed. Okay. So we go deep. This is like the very emotional stage of it where we're really getting down and dirty and all the goods. <laughs> so we're going there. And then the next uh, phase is rebuilding yourself where you really get to take charge of your life and say, what, how do I want this next, the second chance at yeah. love, the second chance at life? What boundaries am I going to set? How do I, how am I going to show up as the best person? Because remember we attract partners that are radiating at the same frequency as we are. So we are up high and we're motivated and we're our best selves and we love ourselves and we're confident and we have all this self-love. We're going to attract somebody 
who is full of love and is confident and knows themselves. And that will be a much better match than those toxic relationships when we're feeling low because they're feeling low. Mm-hmm. So we're really going to work on our confidence, our self-love, our boundaries, all of that within that phase. And then phase three in the final phase is um, to step into your power. This is where we're going to talk about effective co-parenting, how to get along with your child's dad and really work together as a team to raise your child, no matter how toxic, narcissistic they were and are, how, what tools you can use to better that relationship Mm. for your child's sake. Also, we're going to go into dating, how to show up with dating as a single mom, how we go through that. And then Um, we're going to go over finances and your purpose, um, in that stage. And so that is kind of like, all right, we've picked up our pieces of our life. Now we're rebuilding ourselves. What women do we want to be? How do we want to show up? And then number three is, all right, how are we going to project this to the world? How are we going to attract the things that we want into our life? So that is that program. Um, what is included is every week there is a video content, So you would log in, you would get the video teaching of the week. There's video notes that go along with it. Homework assignments, which is actually the most important part. So you have, you can hear all the information you want. You can listen to podcasts all day, read books, do all of that. But what's going to change is by you stepping up, taking the time and doing the work. Yeah. That is up to you. No one's going to do that for you. So the homework portion of it is so important of really digging deep into your soul and uncovering the parts of you that you have pushed down for so long. Then there is a family fun activity. That's just like something fun for you to do with your kid. Yeah. With your child. Uh, There's a woman empowerment song that goes along with the week just to kind of get you motivated and pumped. Dance your heart out in the morning and just kind of get you pumped and uh, be vibrating at a higher vibration. Mm. And then there's also a guided meditation for each week. Okay. Yeah. So that is the kind of the content of it. And then every week we do a one-to-one coaching call. So after you've done all that work for one hour, we meet face-to-face on Zoom. And uh, we kind of talk about what came up for you. What, what did you discover about yourself? And we talk about those things and how you can implement these strategies that we're learning into your own life so you can create change and empowerment in your own life. So how can you feel from like, because obviously you're kind of transforming a single mom from someone that's broken to someone that's kind of whole in a way. So how mm-hmm. do you feel at like being able to facilitate something like this? Like, do you, do you not feel like, Oh my God, this is like another baby. <laughs> oh, I feel so mothering and so empowered. And yeah. I have, it's so amazing watching the transformations happen. And it started with me. This has started with me because I was in this lost place where I had no direction and I've figured it out and I've had coaches and I've mm-hmm. developed all. So it's all of my tools that I have used to come, to get to this place where I'm at now. And I have jam packed everything I've learned over the last two and a half years and jam packed it into 12 weeks for you to empower your life and create that change and finally call in what you're, what you're meant to, what you're meant for. So where can people find you? Okay, so first off, I wanted to offer $300 off for all of your listeners. If you want to apply, you can go to my Instagram um, at abundantly underscore Brooke with an E. 
And uh, in my bio, there's a website there that you can click on. You can get all the information and push apply now. And in the application, if you put uh, the single mom podcast referred you, you will get $300 off. (laughs) You're welcome. And then um, the website, if you want to go directly there, if you don't have Instagram, is www.iambrookebrookenicole.com slash thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E. That is the name of the program. I don't know if I said that. The name of the program is Thrive. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time out today because we're on two different time zones. You're in Dallas, I'm in London. (laughs) But taking the time out to talk to me today. And honestly, your story is magnificent. It's refreshing and it's Mm -hmm. empowering as well in regards to, I honestly think that like you've taken your um your pain and you've made it a purpose you know like you've really really used your story to help empower women to help build women and yeah I, if no one ever thanks you I'm thanking you for your program oh, in regards you. to helping single moms especially and yeah so guys like Brooke says you know where to find her on Instagram and I will put all the links on um, the show notes alongside the Instagram page so you'll be able to find her and you have been listening to Happy Single Moms <laughs> <laughs>